Welcome to Soul Inspired Leadership's latest leadership podcast. And today we have a special guest from Dallas, Texas, in Jason Troy. Now, Jason uh, is often called the Chief People Officer because he's focused on people and and the social wealth of people and the relationships. And bring, bringing up social wealth, he's written a best-selling uh, book so, called so, Social Wealth, How to Build Extraordinary Relationships. So people management and people relationships are the key uh, with Jason. Uh, for, for almost a decade, he's... His performer, high-performance programs have been the top of the coaching and training industry. So he has a lot of wealth of knowledge in um, in helping people. Uh, probably close to 30,000, 40,000 employees have received his breakthrough change results and the things that he's done in the areas of helping his clients. And he often calls it scaling a business. So wherever, wherever the problems are, he will help, particularly when it's people problems, which most things are. Um, like he's a well-known uh, keynote speaker and not so much in 2020 probably, but in 2019 he's spoken well over 70, 80 sort of conferences, events and corporate meetings throughout throughout the, the states and around the, around the, around the world um, to clients like Worldwide Express, Oracle, Google, etc. And the list of fine companies goes on. So... Jason, I welcome you to our show, and let's start it off by given you've got some really good uh, focus on on the relationship side and the leadership side. What's the one thing when you're looking at, uh, say, a high performing team to one that's not performing? What's the one thing that sort of stands out in your mind first? I think it's the relationships people have with each other, and I think it all comes fundamentally down to trust. It's do you, how much trust do you have in the people yeah. that are around you and your leader? And I think that dictates the performance of the team and their engagement and overall success. And, and that's a pretty huge challenge because organically it rarely happens without strategy, tactics, and tools that the leader of the team or the organization has to put in place to bring people together because, you know, you're going to have diversity no matter what you do, right? Even even if if the diversity is very small, you very rarely see, you know, three, four or five people get along exceptionally well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting you're saying uh, strategies, tools, et cetera. In other words, leaders in building teams, it has to be a conscious effort. It just doesn't happen as a matter of course. And I think a lot of leaders, or managers, I call them, not leaders, because leaders do that. But managers, uh, in in a sense, uh, they just let things happen and expect it to happen. But you're saying it's a conscious effort to be doing this and to growing your team. You got to make a strategic choice because yeah. the, the challenge is is that you know Marcus Buckingham uh, in 2019 did a huge research study on, on high performance managers and wanted to yeah. see kind of the difference in trust. And the reality is, is that if you have a team full of people and a scale of one to five, five being the highest level of trust and one being, you know, just trust, what he found is that if everyone in the team doesn't rate the manager as a five and each other a five, you know, you essentially have distrust on the team because you'll have pockets of that happen. And when you do have everyone giving each other fives, your performance goes up by eight times, your engagement goes up. And so you're really at the highest levels when that occurs. And, and I think 
that that's where managers, leaders, organizations really do themselves a disservice and cause a lot of problems. And they wonder why they're not hitting their goals is because teamwork is not a strategic priority. And it is not right. something people figure out in their own or know how to do. They have to be taught it like they would have to do math or reading <laughs> or anything else. <laughs> and if you leave people to their own devices, what ends up happening is we gravitate towards people that think, look, and act like ourselves. And every person that seems slightly different, there is a gap in bridge and a little less trust towards them. And so what you'll yeah. often see in teams is a couple people will be really close and then a couple people won't. Well, mm. when you have that division, you immediately have yeah. much lower performance. Yeah. Yeah. And people attribute that to so many other things other than the fact that people don't know what to do. And this is how human beings work. And this is how our brains are organized. And they're organized to keep us safe. And differences appear like a survival function that open us up for negative consequences. And so you have to teach your brain that that's not true and how to build trust with people and get to know them better and realize that they're probably in many ways much closer to you in many things yeah, yeah. Than, you, than you think in your head and the stories that you've made up about them. Yeah. So, what, so if a leader's sort of looking at that and sensing that there's a, let's say it's a team of five, sensing that one or two aren't really connecting with the others, what are, what are some things they could be looking at doing just to so, change that? So I think there's something, there's some easy things to do, right? So I created this card game called Cards Against Mundanity. And essentially what it is, is that it's a question and answer game mm -hmm. based off a famous research study where they had complete strangers meet with each other and ask each other 36 questions over 45 minutes and 30% of the people created the closest relationships in their lives, right? Mm. Which seems impossible, but it, I've done it myself and it's been replicated enough or eight times over geographies and people and ages. So the key thing about trust is how you control it is by asking more vulnerable questions that allow people to share their personal experiences in a group because then other people see themselves in that person right? Through the experience yeah, or the emotion yeah. or both, right? And questions you'd ask someone are like, tell me about the most important lesson you've learned during the pandemic. If you had to thank one person for helping you become the person you are today, who would that person and what do they do, right? Mm. You could ask people, so like, yeah. tell me about like one of the biggest challenges or setbacks you've had in the last five years and how do you overcome that, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of questions but they need at some level of vulnerability so you can share and you can do this quickly. But what you, happens is people focus on answering the yeah. question or listening and they're not seeing the differences. And then in your brain, when you look at someone, you're like, oh, I never knew that about them. Yeah, That's really yeah. interesting. Then all the differences you've made up, you now see direct evidence that counters that and you can break the wall down or give it an opportunity actually make significant progress yeah, on yeah. the trust in yeah. a very short period of time. But the magic really happens more in the group than even one-on-one. -on -one. Of course, you can do a one-on-one, -on -one, but the group is the most powerful yeah. way. So, I, the other yeah, I understand. Does that make sense? I mean, that's... Yeah, so, what, so what you're saying is that, like this, this podcast is self-inspired leadership. 
it's it's connecting with the inner self, which is often the message. And that's what the questions are doing. It's making you, as yourself, vulnerable. But in doing that, you're connecting with your inner self, not staying in your headspace where it compares yes. the world to, to you and to everyone else. But when people connect within themselves, we're all very that's that's the real connection that leaders need to be doing because that's where the trust forms that's, and that's when you start you... thinking about it that's when cut that's when that's when you start to say no i don't trust that person it's the thinking but when you feel it and and, and see that, that they are similar or they have they have emotions they have this they have that and so i can see what you're saying it's stimulating all that inner it takes them to their inner self to answer the questions yeah. And then yeah. what you also can Very do good. is create like a how to work with me manual, meaning people can create a quick manual based on questions of how people can best work with them. Right. Yeah. It's like an instruction manual to put something together. Questions would be like, what are your biggest pet peeves? How do you best like to communicate when you're having a bad day? Like, how can I cheer you up? If I hmm. have to deliver bad news or challenge you, how, what's the best way to do that yeah. in a way that yeah. you're most receptive, right? And you can come up with a lot of different questions. Well, when you have a manual on other people, what ends up happening is it's much easier to interact with those individuals. Yeah. And also, yeah. when people don't follow the manual, people are much more apt to have a conversation with them and say, hey, you wrote this down, but my experience wasn't this. Yeah. So it's a great way for people to understand how to work. And especially when you're onboarding someone, you onboard them significantly faster in the organization and they know how to work and they can see what people value, what they like and other things so people can work better together. Because the problem with human beings is we like to predict and analyze uh, and live the world according to our blueprint, right? Which is the exact opposite of having empathy. And what ends up happening is then we treat people like we want to be treated and then mm. we justify it in our head. But because someone wants to be treated differently, doesn't make it good or bad. It just is what it is. But yeah, if you don't yeah. know. But if you look through that lens, mm. that, that causes a lot of problems because then we feel like we've been wronged or how could this be when the reality yeah, is someone yeah. else wanted you to serve them information or communicate in a way that works for them, not which works for you. Yes, yes, and that's and there, there again, that's the key. That's that's that connection and and realizing that the world doesn't center around you and and assessing and judging or really judging people that they're, they're different than you. And you hit it on the head. Accept it is what it is. And the key is to connect with people for work, for who they are, not from your from your own particular perception and world. So that's 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 a key message there, Jason. So thank you for that. So what's um, so when we're talking about um, leaders then, what's one of the key things, given the last 12 months, for example, because you're mentioning uh, you brought that in about um, connecting, how then do you then try to connect and have your employees connect if they're on a remote way? How do you recognise some of these things when you're in a remote sort of situation? Anything, any particular, anything different that has to happen? I think what you need to do is you need to have strategies and you need to take time to recognize it in, in the group session, in the one-on-ones yep. and things that occur, right? Because I think during this pandemic, the challenge is, is that disconnection and not feeling like you belong 
creates loneliness, which they've proven is the same thing as not eating or not drinking water mm. or not having shelter. There's physical pain associated with it. Yeah, yeah. So you have to understand the people, where, how they're living, what their engagement is, and reach out and try to support and help them in the unique way that's needed for that individual, right? And you have to do it within some time constraints. And it's not, it's not your job to lift them up all the time, right? Or to be their mom, dad, brother, sister, best yeah. friend. But you do have to check in with them and see what's going on. And I think that's part of it. I think that when people, you know, you can do sharing exercise with people, like someone show you a picture of like something that's important to them in their life, right? Or someone that is, right? And you can do that in the pandemic and that. Yeah, I think yeah. another great way is to do exercises where people can give peer feedback in a positive way, right? And uplift people by going around the going around the team and saying, you know, in the last month, you know, name one person on the team that's helped you. What did they do and what impact did they have? Right. Mm -hmm. What's well, a simple little way to get people to say something nice to someone else, but also tell them the why and what actual impact it made. Because yeah. when you yeah. tell someone thank you. It's helpful, but if you tell them why, yeah, why? Uh, you it give makes them a head. significant difference in the delivery of that message and how people feel about themselves, right? And so, like, that's another really easy way of the process. I think also when you're looking at a team and you're managing it as a leader, the key thing is to find out what are the people's strengths and help them utilize more of their strengths on the team because that's what brings out the best in people, right? Yeah. So I think part of that makes a huge difference of what's going on, um, you know? And I just think there's other things that you can be doing at this point individually on a team, right? And also just part of it is recognizing, hey, we're in a challenging time, right? Mm. We need to support each other. We, you know, this is gonna be difficult yeah. on the company, yeah. for the team. And we need to pull together and keep pushing through on this, right? And be resilient, right? And be able for us to bounce back. So um, people need to look inside themselves and figure out what is it you need to operate at your highest level, right? And to share with other people if you yeah, need something. Yeah, I think yeah. just conversations about that, that you can help people through these times and support them yet understanding there's a business and they have a responsibility to be accountable to themselves, the team and the organization, no matter how small or no matter how big it is. And I think that really changes the tenor of things overall when you start having these conversations with people and, and bringing them up on video because that's, mm -hmm. all you, you, that's all you really have right now. And yeah. recognizing the limitations yeah. of video that Human beings don't build relationships over video, they do in person. That's, so that's the other true. part of this right. is to realize that when this is done, you have to have a plan to quickly transition to get people together so they can see each other and let them know that that is part of the plan so they don't think that they're gonna be isolated forever or video mm. and working remotely because mm. if people don't work like that, and that's not really ultimately what they want. Even if they say that, that's not how you yeah. <laughs> relationships, right? So you you got You have to yeah. get out in front of some of this stuff. So I, I say those are the real key things 
that when you're working right now is to recognize that and find ways to lift people up during these sessions that you're having in team meetings and spend five minutes on them, right? You can do a lot of this stuff in five, seven, maybe even 10 minutes if you want to. And it's better spent on that than going through other things that you were doing because it's not helping you build the trust, the relationships, the support, the caring, all those things that people need because you want to get them to continue to work hard, be focused and be motivated. The the only way that's going to happen is if they feel connected Mm. and belonging to what it is that they're doing. And I think people mistake that with like some great purpose. If you don't have connection and belonging, all the purpose you have in the world is not going to matter because you're going to feel disconnected from it. So you got to realize that human basic needs and what people need and work on that as a teammate, as a Peter and and as a leader in a, in a group or a team or an organization, whatever it might be. So what are you saying? Like it's, it's there again, it's just don't, just don't have the meeting and just do things as though nothing's changed. The key is to set the platform to to really, it's the foundation of how we're going to be operating now and and the other key word there is to me, the transparency is to talk about these things as openly as you can. There again, yes. one more openly, you're talking about the vulnerability of people and their concerns, which then brings the trust together of the issues people are having. Um, and it's interesting you're saying about um, humans connect to me by feeling each other's energy. It's very hard to uh, feel yes. that remotely. You think you know it, you think you can do it, but it's it, it's not really happening that well. When you're not in the room, no. it makes all the difference it, in the world. And I think yeah. one of the things you brought up is so true. One of the problems that's happening and the question that comes up a lot of times, either through people directly or indirectly, is how can I trust that people are actually working and getting things done? Yeah. Right? And that's happened more during this pandemic because more people are working remotely right. than ever before. Yeah. And what you said is transparency. I think that if someone, if someone's out there thinking about that, about a peer or a teammate, whatever, or about someone you're managing and leading, you need to sit down and ask the questions of them, right? Mm. And you also need to look at what are they, what, what's the impact? What are their production? What are their goals? What is their direction, right? And look at all of these things in concert with this and have an honest conversation. But you also have to steer them in the right direction and they have to have the right metrics and they have to have the right direction and they have to have the expectation set for what it is that they need to do, which is often also the problem, right? The communication, the clarity and the direction and the goals aren't aligned, which then creates, you know, challenges with people executing. So, I think that's why you need to have these conversations because the clarity and transparency is important and you need to have it not in an accusatory way, but bringing things up with them to allow them to have a voice because you might be the problem, right? That's, like a lot of times the person speaking, you could be the problem and you're often, the one who's going to be getting in the way, right? Quite often the case, Jason, that's right. Right. And that's and right. So, well, you don't see a lot of this happening. You're probably the problem because that's the, that's the reason why it's not happening. But you, yeah. you hit the thing on the head again. The key is is asking questions. It's not telling. It's asking. And to me, the best leaders ask the best questions. And that's because that's how you connect. That's how you get people feel as though they're involved. 
that's how you and the way you ask the questions the, the type of questions all dictates the clarity the vision because you're steering them to their thinking to a particular point by the questions you're asking so yes uh, it's the asking not the telling in a way right so some look, seek to understand yeah. right yeah. i think the key thing is seek to understand you operate seek to understand and you're not in a rush to judgment because the problem, most of the time, you you don't have all the facts. Yeah. And you're essentially, our brain is wired through chemicals and other things to make quick meaning and to create a narrative and stories and do it quickly, right? It's survival mode. That is how yeah, our brain yeah. is organized and wired. That's and you right. have to realize that that is the payoff you're getting. But that most of the time is inaccurate and is making up falsehoods that aren't there because you don't have the actual facts and the yeah, story yeah. around it. You have it from your perspective, which is skewed to a large degree in many instances. So I think yeah. that's all you have to ask for yourself. And the other part is seek to understand and then try to have some empathy and ask yourself, well, how would, you know, why would that person think that, right? And ask more questions and then come to a conclusion rather than come to the conclusion in the beginning and then the questions are orchestrated in a way to be judge and jury and then come up with a punishment before you've even had the conversation, which <laughs> often happens again, right? Which then, yeah. you know, seek and you shall find, right? At that yeah, point, that's then right. Going, that's right. right? Th then the person's guilty no matter mm -hmm. what you do. Yeah. And they're going to have a whole host of other problems. And the trust problem you now have is going to even grow because the other person is going to think, well, I can't talk to this person. I can't bring anything up. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to close down, right? And so yeah. now you've created a bigger problem than the original problem that you're having with them. Yeah. So you, you hit on the head there. Like uh, it, it, the key is, and you talk about the survival mechanism. Some people feel as though it's easier to to answer the question rather than ask the question. So they answer it from their own perspective because they need yes. to fill the void because the void's a safety mechanism. When it's an unknown, that that's to me a threat to your safety. So once I know an answer. I can deal with the answer. It's more, it's more protective, right? Because I can deal with the answer. But they make up the answers from their own perspective. So yes, it's you're, a fear. You're spot on. Right. It's a fear. That's right. It's fear. It's based in fear, and that's what goes on in individuals when you really get down to the core issues. So yeah. and a challenge in a remote workplace is because a lot of the things that happen are sort of what they call the water cooler stories, right? The serendipitous yeah. conversations that happen when you're in the room or you're meeting on a consistent basis or whatever you're doing creates a lot of the conversations and a lot of the other things that can happen successfully in a business and a team. And when that's taken away, you have to be a lot more proactive and you have to be a lot more patient, you have to have a lot more empathy and you have to ask a lot more questions because your interactions with the individuals yeah. are, are really only in targeted meanings and they're not usually by yeah. chance, right? In right. Most they're by structure, teams, yeah. yeah. They're by That's structure true. only, right? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. yes, some people like, yes, are there people that call each other up and talk in between meanings and do this? Of course, right? But we're talking about overall, that's not happening. And that's not happening for an individual with every person they're really interacting with. So you have to think about this and take this in consideration of what you're doing. 
because mm-hmm. again, if you're on a team and you're thinking, well, like teamwork matters. And I'm like, yeah, it does. Because if everyone around you is not successful, you won't be successful. That's, that's spot on. It's the, it's the teams needs to be successful for any leader to be successful. If the team's not, yeah. then you're not leading. That's, it's just an example of, of you're not, not doing what you need to be doing. It's leading it's all metric team. driven. It's Whatever metric, metric driven. you're looking yeah. at, the real metric it's, you're looking at it is ultimately you need everyone else to do yeah. it. Otherwise, why would you have hired them in the first that, and place? That's right. Why are they there? That's right. If you don't need them, why are yeah. they there? Look, on that note, Jason, I, um, it's come towards the end of our podcast now. Look, uh, I thank you for being a guest on our show today. And to me, very, very profound in certain things. Ask questions, um, be conscious of other people and to connect with people and, and realise that if you're not connecting physically, then you've got to do other methods to, be, to have the same sort of result as that. It's not just yes. something that happens just by chance. So, look, thanks for being a guest on our show and thank, thanks, people, for listening today on Soul Inspired Leadership's podcast. And until next time, see you later. Thank you. Mm-hmm.